Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Today, I'm talking with Vincent Jenna. He combines his early background as a professional actor and singer, a master's in clinical social work, and his hospice experience helping more than 500 patients through the dying process with his uncanny skills as a metaphysician and psychic medium. Vincent, welcome to the show. Oh, well, thank you for inviting me. It's always exciting to do a show like this. I love the title, (laughs) Falling Through the Cracks feel alive and thrive. That's fabulous. Well, you know, it, falling through the cracks is, is where a lot of people are um, with their health, or my goal is to help those people um, with this show and with my clinic as well. It's part of my story, and I'm sure that this is something you've experienced with what you do. We do fall through the cracks. We get, you know, ignored, and, and you know, especially for women, we get labeled that we're anxious and kind of shoved off to, to go off and le- live our lives very uncomfortably. Absolutely, and and that's primarily the majority of my clients from all over the world, and they do feel like they've fallen through the cracks and that they've been missed and overlooked, and, and so what I try to do is, as best as possible, is empower them, which is, I'm sure, what you do as well, to be able to know that they are more than and that they can create the lives that they truly want and deserve. Well, and and that's one of the the title, I I think, of your show, Stop Stopping Yourself, so you can create that life. (laughs) Yes, yes. The the thing is, Rebecca, is that the majority of people don't know that they don't believe what they think they believe, because there are psychological phenomena that go on in anomalies that actually hide some of our true feelings that were created while we're falling through the cracks, you know, early on in our lives. And so what we need to do is, or what I do, is to try to bring that to the surface so that they see what exactly needs healing, the beliefs that need healing. And then the spiritual part of them is plug that in the wall. We have a power, and we're going to manifest, and we're going to create but we're going to create on those inner core beliefs. So, yes, so I use work because people will unconsciously block themselves, sabotage themselves, and stop themselves from going after their lives. They don't know they're doing it, but they are. You know, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, observe, I have observed this a lot with my patients, that they're not realizing how they're getting in their own way with um, just certain behavior. Um, and, and so from what you're saying, this is, is stemming from something we were taught as children? It is from all our experiences. It's from the first negative um, unconscious or even conscious message we receive from our environment, whether it be from our parents, the other adults in our lives, our siblings, or just the circumstances that are going around us. It begins there. And people tend to think that this is a part, uh, one of the major reasons why I even went back to school to get my psychology degree and my clinical social work degree is so that I can understand the human mind and be able to explain it better to my clients. But people think that because they're adults, they've left their past behind them. As a matter of fact, you will always hear therapists say, forget your past, or, or spiritual people saying, move from now. Mindfulness is paying attention to the here and now and moving forward rather than living in the past. But what everybody has to understand is you are an accumulation of your entire lifetime. So You've got all of that stuff from your past, and you don't even realize that your adult mind created defense mechanisms to protect you against that. So you're actually working with maladaptive beliefs from the past, as well as defense mechanisms that have created another set of beliefs that, when they're working hand-in-hand, can be very destructive, or they can block you and stop you from, from doing what you really want. Well, you know, I've I've explored this on other shows and and also with myself, and I, you know, I can definitely see where this comes from, you know, to um, 
uh, from what I understand, it, it's a, a primal um, a, a action in our bodies to protect ourselves. So if we think that something is a threat, even if it's just you get in trouble, you know, even if we're not abused, but you can get in trouble when you do a certain thing, or it's just a reaction to the household that you're in. And then that becomes kind of standard as we're adults, but we don't realize that that's there because we started it at such a young age. Oh, my goodness. Dr. Rebecca, you must have been listening to some of my shows because you definitely repeated almost verbatim things that I'm teaching people. You said the most important thing that everybody has to understand. The two highest functions of the human brain is to keep us alive, and the way it does that is by protecting us. So we understand the physical protections. For example, if you have a virus, a bug, a cold, your temperature, your brain will purposely raise the temperature of your body to make your, the environment unlivable for that virus or for that bacteria. Now, it doesn't pay attention to the fact that a high fever also doesn't feel good, and it can actually even kill you if it goes too high. All it knows is that it has to protect you from that virus to start with. It does mm-hmm. the same thing with emotional issues. So if you're walking around with feelings of, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable, I'm not smart enough, those are the messages we receive in our, in our environment when we're first growing up, right? Those feel terrible. So your mind, your brain will then create a new set of beliefs to shield and protect you from the original set of beliefs. So instead of now thinking that you're not good enough, oh, you're going to develop maybe some of your angers and some of your, your other defenses of it's not me. It's my boss. It's the people around me. They're the ones that are hurting me. It's my lover. It's my spouse. It's my girlfriend. It's my mother. It's my father. Whatever the case may be, your brain will absolutely form a different belief as long as you are not feeling the I'm not good enough. But the problem is, whether it's on a psychological level or a spiritual level, you cannot move forward with hidden maladaptive beliefs. Everybody thinks they can. It's like the way I I liken it so that people can see the image of it is you take a whiteboard, just a clear whiteboard, and, and all the listeners can do that in their mind right now. Imagine it. And on that whiteboard, I want you to write or put pictures of every negative experience you ever went through when you were younger. Okay? That's going to fill up the board pretty much so, right, with all these negative experiences. Now, based on some of the theories, philosophies, and information today, they're saying if you just move forward from today and you start thinking more positively – So now take that whiteboard and take some pretty pictures and pretty thoughts like puppy dogs and and teddy bears and uh, the wonderful affirmations, I'm beautiful, and put them in a picture and paste them on top of that whiteboard. So now I tell everybody, so see the whiteboard, you've got a whole bunch of pretty pictures on it. And you want to know why your life is still not working. Why don't you have that romantic love in your life that you always wanted? You have a pretty picture of knowing that you deserve it on there. So how come it's not coming? Because you only covered up. You didn't get rid of. You covered up underneath those pretty pictures on that whiteboard are still all the negative beliefs. And because we're spiritual beings, we create from our unconscious set of beliefs, not our conscious set of beliefs. So that's why it's so important. And in actuality, it was Sigmund Freud who understood that, but not all the way. He figured that you needed to do psychoanalytical work to completely heal everything in your childhood. But what he was trying to say is that unless you heal the past, you're never going to be able to move forward. And that's exactly what I do, but I don't need to do the psychoanalytical work because of the psychic part to me. I can bring right to the surface the hurt that the person has had. We don't need to review what caused it. All we need to do is show them the beliefs that they have. And that goes as far as relationships and everything, including health, including health. 
Do you know that so many people wind up manifesting their illnesses and diseases because they're not healing some of those things deep down inside? And, and we're like these, these bombs that implode. If you keep packing away all this negative stuff, it's got to come out in your body or someplace, some way, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have a, a, a struggle with that. Now, now I, I do actually agree with it, but um, I, I feel like it's used as a scapegoat by our medical system if they can't figure somebody out. This, uh, the studies show this happens to women, especially um, women who um, are black or of a different color. Um, they're stigmatized that there is nothing wrong with them. And um, this has happened to me over my lifetime, doesn't matter the age, you know, told it's just anxiety and go home. And and so um, I believe that we can manifest um, things in our body and, and that of course, depression and anxiety can create issues, but I, I don't believe that that when we go seeking help, that that is the only issue that's happening at that time. So this is where, no. where I, yeah, you know, I struggle a little bit with that because I don't want people to think that your anxiety is the root cause and you should never seek out help because a doctor told you so. And I, I think it's really important to understand that difference that whether you have a physical manifestation you need to work on both and, and you, oh, you need, me, yes. Yeah. And yeah, I think let me that's, clarify that what yeah. I was saying then, Rebecca, let me clarify that. Okay. The disorder. Okay. Can absolutely, we have predispositions for a lot of different things. Like in, in anything that may be genetic, we have a predisposition for, and then a certain anxiety. And, and the whole thing about women, which is, is so um, significant that people have to understand is the suppression and the emotional and physical abuse of women have absolutely incited so many of those diseases. But here's the thing. We, we have an influence over our biology, but once it occurs, we're body, mind, and spirit. It must be taken care of. It's not a psychosomatic thing alone that just because you're feeling bad, all of a sudden now you're going to have a disease, so go home and feel better and the disease will go away. That's not the point of what I'm saying. The point of what I'm saying is that um, there are so many things that do wind up surfacing medically, and, and yes, that could have been fed from our past, from the abuse we went through, from all the stress in our lives, but absolutely, when that thing comes out, it must be handled physically as well as, yes, emotionally. So if, if you go to a doctor, if you have any type of a disease, a cancer, um, an infection, whatever it is, it, you have to also buy into the therapy of that. That absolutely helps. It, it makes, uh, they've even shown statistically and scientifically that medication works better when you believe it's going to work. Um, but the most important thing is, is everybody deserves regular treatment, and it isn't just psychosomatic. And just because a doctor can't find it, this, I'm a medical intuitive, and there's so many things that I find on a patient that a doctor has not found. I mean, a client of mine, and they'll go to the doctor, and um, they'll either insist on certain tests, and then the doctor finds something, or, or they try different cures, alternative methods that the doctors may not know, and they're able to tap into things. But once your body is affected, you've got to take care of the body. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's too much in the medical field that if they can't define it, then they, they say that there's nothing wrong. It's all in your mind. And that, that is not true at all. It's just that medical science hasn't found it that particular doctor or that particular uh, type of medicine that you're going to. But there's always um, means out there, and we, we do need to acknowledge. Remember back in the old days when women got sick at all, it was counted off as just being hysteria. Yes, this, and this is where this stems from still. I've yeah. done shows on this, and we're still treated that way. Studies have shown that women are still stereotyped, even though we're actually less likely to, to search out help. Um, it takes us a while because we don't want to be a burden. We're still stereotyped in this hysterical way. So I just wanted to make that, that point clear. I think oh, absolutely. Yes, that's, and that's yeah. 100% wrong. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, um, when you have a chronic illness, a chronic anything, um, whether let's say it, it's depression and fatigue, those are probably a mix of the physical manifestation as well as an emotional manifestation. And, and, and I don't know about you, but what I tell my patients is we need to look at everything. So I'm going to work on the physical part and then I'll send them somewhere to work on the emotional part so that they do both at the same time. At instead the same of just time. When I was in, yes, when I had yeah. my practice, that's exactly what I did. And there was a lot of dual diagnosis. And, and my, my method of healing was a gestalt, meaning the whole. We worked on the whole being, the whole person. Um, so it doesn't make a difference that it is situational, okay, uh, but that there is um, some kind of illness that comes up that's pretty chronic. That is going to also feed into an emotional issue as well. And the emotional issue can absolutely feed into the physical, so it must be handled as a whole rather than individual pieces um, because it just, it, it just compounds everything. So I'm, I'm there with you. I 100% agree. Um, you just got to understand that coming from my background as a spiritual teacher also, it's an attempt to really empower people and get them to understand also that they're more than just a body and mind. So there is that spirit part that they can also tap into that can help them and help them heal as well as everything else because it does go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, we well, have to look at history and we have to look at the way people have been treated. Um, and even, you know, minorities, the differences between minorities and what they were, um, what was made available for them. Yes. You know, I'm over um, here in North Carolina and we have a high Latino population over here. And it's taken a very long time to be able to get the, the right medical practices for, for Spanish-speaking people um, to be able to, to teach them and help them instead of just sending them away and sending them elsewhere. Uh, so even with that, it was a major adjustment. So I, I, I totally get it, yes. I, I definitely, we need to change the system as well as educate the people. I'm sorry. I, that's all right. I definitely agree with you. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We'll pick this up when we come back. We're talking today with Vincent Jenna, and we'll be back shortly. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You 
are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we're talking with Vincent Jenna. Um, Vincent, how can we um, stop stopping ourselves? What do we need to do to recognize these patterns that are in our way? Mm, that really is a good question, and people ask me that all the time. And obviously, in, the, in this short interview, I, I can't squeeze in my entire workshop. <laughs> I know. But, as soon as I said it, yeah, I'm like, this is right. probably like a week-long workshop. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is. And I'm doing an intensive one up in uh, New York at the Kripala Yoga and Healing Center, a three-day intensive, just working on that. Um, the first thing, like I said earlier, that people have to understand is that we actually have a hidden amount of beliefs deep down inside. 95 to 98% of the entire human mind is in un conscious awareness. Only 2 to 5% is conscious. And if you really think about that, that's a big holding area for a lot of stuff that you don't know that's going on. And truly, it's the outcome of your life that can start giving hints as to what you're really believing in. So if you're not fulfilled in the areas of of your life that you wish to be, whether it be relationship, vocation, health, um, finance, those kinds of things, then you need to allow yourself to go within and bring to the surface, you know, maybe it's the little kid's mind inside of you, some of the experiences that you had that you think, for example, we, do, we talk about relationships. You think that you're lovable, I deserve a relationship, and now I'm going to go out and I'm going to get one I'm old enough want for a partner now, right? And so you muster up, you start, everything is about energy in this universe, so you mustering up the energy and about ready to release it from you to say, I want, I want a, you know, a good-looking guy, a good-looking girl that's nice and does this and that and this and that is compatible. And just before that energy is released from you, the little kid inside says, without you knowing it, yeah, but you're not lovable, you're not good enough, that's not going to happen or it's not going to work. Now, that energy is tainted with that inner deep-down belief. It's now released, and like attracts like, and if we talk about relationships, that's one of the myths that I would definitely be busting on everybody is that opposites attract. Opposites do not attract. Like attracts like, and, and it can be displayed in opposite personalities and styles, but the bottom core self-beliefs are going to be the same. So if you don't believe you're lovable, guess what? You're going to attract somebody who doesn't believe he or she is lovable. Now you put those two people together, they're looking to get their emotional needs met from each other, and both of them wind up starving to death because neither one of them have enough love for themselves, no less for the other person. And in the beginning, because of the courtship phase, it may seem like it's going nice. Everybody is on their P's and Q's, right? You know, and then a little while into the relationship, everybody starts settling down, and then the negative side starts coming out because it's exactly what you believed was going to happen, and you wind up sabotaging. You sabotage. So... And it was all because you never believed you deserved the relationship to start with. These are deep feelings that our mind covers up. But like I said, because we're spiritual beings, they matter. That's the part of us that's empowered. So we have to bring to the surface those hidden feelings first. Be aware that there's something deep down that is getting in your way, and it's a negative self-belief. Once you bring it to the surface, you can reframe it. You can reteach yourself. You can reparent yourself. So in other words, if you actually acknowledge, I don't believe I'm lovable. Holy cow. I don't believe in myself. I don't believe I'm good enough. I don't believe I'm, that's the reason why I haven't been getting my promotions at work or raises. Holy cow. And once you acknowledge that, then you can start reinforcing more of the truth. Because all of those maladies, adaptive beliefs are false 
anyway. Of course we're all lovable, and of course we're good enough, and maybe some may need to train a little bit more for the type of job that they want, but we're still capable of getting what we want. And so as soon as you begin to reframe it and rephrase it, you get out of your way. It's actually, it's not the negative feelings that are stopping you completely. It's the defense mechanisms that keep you from recognizing the negative feelings. That's the actual block. So you want to release the defense mechanisms. You know, let's just get them out of, be willing. Everybody needs to be courageous enough to be willing to know what they're really believing about themselves. Because it's the only way to heal it. None of what you're believing about yourself is true. I mean, maybe some, some ideas, well, you know, I'm not really good at um, organizing myself. Okay, so you can admit that and then you can change that, right? You can't change anything you don't admit. Mm-hmm. So the deeper stuff is, you know what, because of my past, because of the experiences that I went through, I really don't believe I'm lovable. And every relationship I had that broke up is compounding that feeling. Wow, i got to stop that. With my clients, it, it would seem that this is all um, is psychology woo-woo stuff, not just spiritual woo-woo stuff, but it's the most important stuff because when I have a client turn around and admit, I don't believe I'm lovable, they then recognize, wow, that's really silly. Of course I'm lovable. I didn't know I was holding on to that. Okay, I'm going to work on that now. So recognizing it gives you the strength to be able to heal it. And then your adult, rational, reasonable, intellectual mind helps you to change and reframe that belief. But you've got to work on it. You've got to commit to yourself to be able to do that. And yes, the process is simple. The practice is difficult. We've got such ingrained beliefs that have trained our subconscious mind. That's the set of paradigms and beliefs we need to change. And when we do that, everything turns around. And all of a sudden, now you've got a line of people that are waiting to, to flirt with you, date you, want to go out with you, and you don't even know what you did differently other than change your belief. And, and, or somebody is, is now offering you a job because when you sent out your resume, instead of sending it out with an unconscious thought of, I'm never going to get this job, you sent it out with, hey, I deserve this job. And now all of a sudden somebody's reading it and gets a different feeling about you and gives you a call. That's the way it works. It's all about energy and it's all about unconscious beliefs, Rebecca. So when, when we're, I, I, is it the more difficult to actually recognize what's in the way or to actually do the work? Because I know um, we can't always see it. You know, I have people tell me that they're, you know, meditating with an app and that that must be good enough. And I talk to them about how, you know, they might not even realize what, what they need to do to work past their depression or anxiety. And a meditation app can help them feel better in the moment. But if you take a class, they actually teach you to see past yourself. Um, but I know that that's very difficult and you can have, you know, do lots of work, but seeing that those issues, because those defense mechanisms are so strong, do you find that that's yes, the more difficult are. moment? The harder your past has been, the stronger the defense mechanisms. Um, I'm still working on mine. I'm 65 years old. We're going to be 65 years old. And I'm still working on little Vinny and the hurt that he's been through because I had been tormented my entire youth until I was 17 years old. And that included sexual molestation and uh, physical abuse by both my parents and all the peers at school. I used to get beat up and chased all all the time. So I'm still working on, on that. And then you can work through the issues, but then there's still the scars that you have to be aware of. But here's the point. Number one, everybody can do it. Okay. Because that's one of the reasons why we can create psychological um, tools to help us is because it does work and it works for all people. That doesn't mean you may be ready to work on it. That's completely different. 
You Mm -hmm. have to have the willingness to work on it. Now, Rebecca, one of the major reasons why it's so difficult for people is because people don't like letting go of their old beliefs and paradigms. It's a security blanket. They've gone through their lives depressed. When I was a psychotherapist and I had my own practice, I had patients in there that even though they were doing more constructive things in their lives, productive things, they were getting better jobs, they still wanted, they still stayed depressed. And when we dove deep enough, I would get them to admit that they don't want to lose their depression. They would rather stay depressed than be happy because they're afraid to be happy. They don't know how to exist being happy, but they do know how to survive being depressed. And in actuality, they're really not thriving or surviving depressed. You know, that's like being drunk all the time and thinking that that's okay. It's not. It's very destructive. But people hold on to their issues and problems, Rebecca. They don't want to. So we can't look at people who are having a difficult time and just assume it's way difficult across the board With some people, it's going to be easier than others because they want to make a change. We have to look at those people that aren't changing and really determine why. Are they holding on to this because it's their security blanket? Or is the really not understanding the process because it does work for everybody? I've seen the worst, most emotionally depressed person, suicidal. I work with suicidal people all the time. And they're capable of changing their lives around, but they have to be willing to commit to themselves. I teach everybody a phrase that I make them write and post everywhere. And yes, in the beginning, this phrase, this mantra that I teach them may be um, something they don't completely believe, but after a while, they will learn to believe it. And And the mantra is, I love myself so much, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to experience my greatest existence here because I deserve it. So yes, some people will have a difficult time saying I love myself so much, but if they keep practicing that and saying it over and over and over, and then they commit to themselves and they start seeing the changes because they changes happen not small, but big. I've seen too many people that as soon as they commit to themselves, Overnight, things can change because we're not just body and mind. We're body, mind, and spirit. And that spirit is what gives us the power to achieve anything we want. Mm-hmm. Well, um, when, when you were talking about you know, people going through this process and, and not wanting to. I had I had two thoughts about that. I'm just wondering what what you think. One is I, I did a show on, um, we talked a lot about ruminating. It's actually a bonding process, especially for women to talk negatively about a situation and get advice and help and, and have that as part of the conversation. And it, it has been shown to be quite addictive as well. And so I think the negative emotions are also very addicted to, to our conversation that we're having either in our head or with everyone else. And and I also think admitting that and working past that brings a vulnerability that might be very, very uncomfortable because to be vulnerable means, you know, you're you're basically standing naked and and you're out there trying to, to change something that has given you that protection for a very, very long time. Um, you're, I, I agree with you that that's what people are psychologically feeling and are allowing themselves to feel. However, I will say this, it is more painful to hold on to the negative than it is to be vulnerable. And being vulnerable actually is a, a negative word in itself. Because when you lay yourself out there, and I'm talking about completely the right way. I'm not talking about being an insecure person and not believing in yourself and then showing the world, oh, here I am. I'm an insecure person. I don't believe in myself. So you can do anything you want to me. That's not vulnerability. Okay? That's foolishness. Mm -hmm. People who believe in themselves can open their hearts to everything and anything. 
and they become strong enough to be able, nobody hurts me, can hurt me anymore. I used to be hurt all the time, ridiculed, I mean, totally abused and emotionally abused. And nobody can do that anymore. And if there, there is no other person in the world who lays himself out there like me. What you see in person is who I am in my, my private life, is who I am out on the streets. Anybody can reach me, can get to the deepest part of me, and I'm not the only one, and I'm not special. I did put the work in. But when you say that negativity is addictive, actually what's happening is that we are so used to the negative world, we're so used to negatives in our lives, it's not that it's addictive, it's a comfort, which is the same thing that I was saying earlier about we don't want to let go of our depression because we're comfortable with it. You know how difficult it is for some people to receive compliments? When you, yes. you can tell right away, go turn around and tell somebody how beautiful they look, how, how attractive, how, what a wonderful person they are. And you will be able to tell whether they're used to hearing that or they're more used to hearing negatives by the way they respond. They can respond so uncomfortably because that's not what they're used to. So, yes, people can hold on to the negative thoughts and the negative ideas because it has now, they, they trained a pathway in their brains, and we get a little bit too latched on to the concept of pathways being, you know, trained in our brains. Yes, we do that, but we can untrain them too, and our brain finds new pathways all the time. It's a matter of choice. So we can either choose to hold on to the negative belief or we can choose to believe in something different. Every day we make choices. And that's what makes us different than any other living thing out here. We're the only ones that make conscious, willful choices. And yet, can we be used to making negative ones? Absolutely. I, I love that that you said that. So it's a choice. I mean, you can be chronically ill, you can have lots of things going on, and it can be a choice of how you're dealing with what's going on with your day and, and with your past, because we do have that choice. That's what does set us apart yeah. from, from everything else, is that we're choosing where we're going and what we're doing. And, just- and the thing is, is don't get me wrong. One of the other reasons why it's so difficult to make a positive choice is because we've got so many others around us that are influencing us into making the negative choice, right? So we don't want to negate the fact of the influence. I mean, for example, when it comes to the women thing, right? Mm-hmm. In the beginning of our society, when we first came down on this planet, it was a matriarchal society. The women ran everything. Why? Because they were the ones that were having the children. So this societally, we expected that they know best. And in actuality, even Native American Indians, the women were in control. They were meeting together and they were decided, okay, this neighbor needs to be taken care of. We need to help them. Oh, they accidentally killed somebody in our tribe. You need to go over and now kill somebody in their tribe just to make up for it and keep balance so we don't have war. It was that kind of thing. Thing, good, bad, or indifferent, it didn't matter, but the women were in charge. After a while, okay, the men started realizing, wait a minute, I don't like this. When we came out of balance, right, I don't like this. So now the men started creating reasons as to why the women shouldn't be in control. Well, I'm stronger. And then we started to suppress women. So the men would convince the women that they were less than. But the women still had to acknowledge that and go along with it. Mm-hmm. So it was a choice to believe, but with all that influence around, they were made to believe. I mean, the Stepford, Stepford Wives movie is about the women, you know, who were absolutely perfect and going along with all the men. That was an exaggeration of exactly what was happening. Which, whichever way the women was viewed was the way that women accepted themselves. And yes, that was a bad influence for sure. And now we have to retrain, but it was a choice. It was a choice that they made. Now they're obviously making better choices and realizing, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, no, we're just as equal. Give me a break. And and the same thing that's happening across the board with minorities. Um, Martin Luther King Jr., what was he so fabulous for? He did not convince the whites that 
blacks should be treated equally, he convinced the blacks that they weren't slaves anymore, that they were equal. They had a slave mentality, and they would allow themselves to be abused. And yes, there was always the, the, the rebel who would fight against it, but he was trying to teach that everybody is equal. And once blacks were able to realize, hey, wait a minute, I deserve Rosa Parks on the bus. I so deserve it- <laughs> to sit in this seat the same way. I'm just going to interrupt you here. Um, we're, we're due for a break. Um, so oh, okay. <laughs> we're going to have to end that thought. Um, we're talking today with Vincent Jenna, and we'll be back shortly. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. We're on the pulse of the world with great shows and hosts. The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel is also on Twitter. We've got ideas to keep you healthy, breaking health news, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Voice AM Health. That's at Voice AM Health. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. Today, I'm talking with uh, Vincent Jenna. Um, so, Vincent, uh, one thing that, that comes up when, you know, we're talking about how we're making decisions that are part of our protection and, and getting in our way, we all have this gut feeling that we follow. But I'm wondering if, if is that a voice that we can trust or is that a voice that is part of our protection? No, great question. No, everybody is connected to intuition. Matter of fact, we would not exist unless we were connected to that. Our spiritual beings, that's what we're made of. That's one of our major gifts is intuition. And then the second one is intellect to be able to define what we're feeling. The problem is people get confused between their mental thoughts and the emotions their mental thoughts are creating and their intuitive gut feelings. An intuitive gut feeling is always going to be some positive reinforcement or action. Nothing that comes from the higher source of what you're made of is negative. So even in fact, if it's a warning that you shouldn't go somewhere, it would distract you. It would make you. So for example, on 9-11, there were those people who turned around and said, you know what? I'm getting the feeling that I want to take my daughter to school today instead of taking a bus. So I'm going to go to work late. You know what? I'm going to take a me day today. I'm just getting a feeling that I should stay home and take care of myself. And that went on and on with so many people that didn't go to work on that day that worked in the Twin Towers. And that's the kind of thing that does happen to a lot of people. So even if it may be a warning, it would get you away from it in a positive way. So that's a good way of trusting that. I teach how to be intuitive and more psychic, and that's another word we use for it is psychic, but it's the same thing, and it's the most important thing you should trust. Always follow your heart, but you have to clear your heart of your negatives and your hurts, and that's the way you get to trust it more. 
Well, that, that's really interesting. And, it, you know, I, I like the, the word intuition um, quite a bit because I think that's something that we, we don't trust. We overanalyze everything that we do. And, you know, we go, well, what if I do this and what if I do that? Even if something inside us is telling us to do something else, we're going to sit there and go, what are the pros and cons of this feeling that I'm having in this motion that I should take? Well, it's even more than just that. It's the way you just defined it is critical thinking, but majority of people do not have critical thinking. They talk against themselves all the time. So mm-hmm. they use the intellect and their left brain thinking in order to do that. So the process is you get a feeling. This happens all the time. You go to a party, let's say, and something tells you you're getting a funny feeling in your gut as soon as you get there. So you need to label that. So now your left brain thinking kicks in. What is that that I'm feeling? And now you turn around and you say to yourself, hmm, I'm actually feeling I should leave. I don't know why, but I'm just feeling I should leave. And then instead of just listening to that and shutting up, we don't have a habit of shutting up. We have a habit of constantly then analyzing. So now the left brain continues and says, why am I feeling that? Oh, that's silly. Oh, I'm not going to leave. This is my friend's party. I've been here. I know that. I'm just being paranoid, right? And then an hour into the party, a fight breaks out. Somebody lands on the table by you, breaks your leg, whatever, and you walk out of the party going, oh, why do all these bad things happen to me? You didn't listen. That's why. You talked yourself out of something and you had a gut feeling that you shouldn't have stayed there. Something was going to happen. And and we do that all the time. But everybody who has ever followed their true intuition has never gone wrong. Every single discovery that you see in the world today, technologically or scientific and medically, was all from an inspiration, not a scientific method alone. Yet, when Louis Pasteur decided to use a penicillin, make penicillin, he was looking at, he was trying everything he could to cure a disease, and he happened to look over to a piece of bread that was going moldy. And something told him to try to use that. It wasn't science. It was his gut. And the same thing with Wilbur Wright when he invented the plane. Thomas Edison when he invented the light bulb. Something told him internally, not scientifically. So just because they put a lab coat on now, now they call it science. But it was always an intuition and gut feeling. And the more you trusted, Ralph Waldo Emerson said that we can trust our inner voice, listen to it, honor it, the stronger it becomes. So you said you teach people to to tap into their intuition. How do you do that? You got 30 seconds, go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the way I do that is by one, number one, you need to believe that you can, that you are attached to it. Number two, you need to ask the right question. And number three, you need to listen to what comes up. What comes up internally? It's what comes up in your mind, your mind's ear, your mind's eye. Trust it, trust it, trust it. It becomes stronger. Even if you make a mistake to start with, the mistakes will change. Then at the same time, clear out your heart. Clear out the negatives. Just like you clear out all the garbage that's in a closet, clear out the garbage that's in your mind and your heart. The negative, the angers, the resentments, the hurts, the pains. Work on that. The more you work on yourself and grow, the more your intuition becomes stronger and you're tapped into something higher, the greater part of who you are. And believe in and love yourself. That is prime to making everything work. Mm. Um, that that's really important too. So, um, you're just saying that we haven't believed in ourselves, and and I'm guessing by your example in the first uh, se- sorry second segment where you said most people are um, not they don't love themselves or believe that they're worthy of love. I'm guessing that comes up a lot, and that's why I use that as an example. That's exact. Well, that's yeah. We all. That's our biggest problem and only problem, Rebecca. We mm. have no self-belief and no self-love. We have a lot of false self-belief and earthly love, but we don't have a lot. That's the primary work that I do, and I show that to every mm. single person when they're in front of me or on the phone. 
They don't believe in themselves because our stories took away our self-belief and self-love. It is the process and the heat that makes everything you attempt work. As a matter of fact, that's my book, God, It's Not Working, when that comes out, and being I'm hoping to get that published real soon. But I have an online recording of it that's all about the understanding of why we can attempt anything we want, but without true self-belief, nothing gets empowered, nothing works. So, so if we find that way to to love ourselves and be worthy of that love, we can tap into our intuition better. Is that is that how that works? Everything you tap into everything better. It's what empowers your dreams. It's what empowers your your passions. Um, we we have a lot of false passion and false self beliefs, which is why it falls through the cracks or, or or hits a blockade sometime in our lives or our lives fall apart. Is yes, we understand psychologically we're supposed to believe in ourselves, and the placebo effect works for a little bit, but without true. Um, deep down core self-belief, self-love, it's going to end or get sabotaged in some way or another. And our stories from our past have taken that away. So that's the primary work. And people can find that on my website and all that information um, if they go there and the ways of connecting with me and either setting up a reading or seeing one of my events, come to one of my events. And so um, you said you have an event coming up in New York. Sorry. Well, it's actually a, just above New York in Stockbridge, Massachusetts, right on the border in the Berkshires there at the Kripalu Yoga and Health Center, which is a fabulous place of education. And it's a three-day intensive. You come there. We'll be working head-on right into all those blocks and getting them unblocked and getting your power recycled and, and repowering you, empowering you to be able to do everything that you want. That's what that weekend is for. Perfect. And when is your book due to come out? Uh, as soon as the publisher agrees to publish it. Okay, that's They all have it right now, a matter of fact. I have a literary agent who's fabulous, and um, a lot of publishers have it, and there's interest shown, so it just got to wait. It's such a time-consuming process when you do it traditionally. That's why everybody's getting their books published themselves. Yeah. Faster. Yeah, for, sure. for sure. And if anybody wants um, a session with you or more information, um, is that through your website? All they have to do is go to vincentjenna.com, and that's with a G-E-N-N-A, and they can communicate with me there and set up appointments there, find out the different sessions I have. They can also go to my Facebook page, that's Vincent Jenna MSW, and they can actually talk with me back and forth right there. I'm going to be starting my live events again, where I'm going to be giving free readings and making free connections for people, mediumship connections with even deceased loved ones besides psychic readings so they can always get in touch with me and get more information about what I'm doing in those ways well perfect thank you so much for joining me today this was a pretty inspirational show Oh, thank you for having me, and uh, it's so great to be able to work hand-in-hand with somebody who's into the the physical and the emotional aspect of, of what really needs to be helped and changed in this world. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, if uh, So today we were talking with Vincent Jenna, and that was vincentjenna.com if you want more information. Uh, if you want more information on my story and what I went through my journey back to health, you can find that at dr-risk.com. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or email me at anantacalgary at gmail.com. And thank you so much for listening today. Be sure to make today a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week. 